the other right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature. and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the Internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And I want to give a shout-out to all my Patreon members and convict members and y'all those are our subscribers uh who support the show every month and you get your bonus episodes uh, locked up and uh, all your other benefits y'all go check out the all the different benefits you can get plus i, I think we have over 20 something never before heard real life real crime episodes locked up for those members of it so if you want to subscribe Go check it out, and you will get your February bonus episode before the end of the month. The last one I actually locked up, I believe it was the beginning of February, and it was the, the victim's impact statements and David Anthony Burns' statement the day before he got sentenced in Courtney Coco's trial. So um, also, huge, huge things coming for Life Real Crime uh, probably by the second week of April, and until then – if you want to advertise on Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast, contact Cindy Overton at Cindy Overton, that's C-Y-N-D-I, Overton at realliferealcrime.com, and she can give you all the information on that. We love to support our businesses, and the commercials are fire, right? So that being said, let's get to today's episode, and I think I'm going to name it. I saw you, all right? So I'm going to take you way, way, way back, y'all. And I was a uniform patrol officer for the Southeastern Louisiana University Police Department. And that's where I started out. And the I got post-certified there, and I should tell more 
I should tell more stories about Southeastern PD that would be different, but um, I think you would enjoy them, and maybe I'll bring those to you. But back then, the um, I had my application in for the Border Patrol, and all. Um, I, I knew I wasn't going to stay at Southeastern. I used that as a stepping stone to get my post-certification. And the we worked two, 12 hour shifts, two days on, two days off, three days on, two days off, two days on, three days off. So they gave me a lot of free time, right? Basically, I worked half a month. And being an entrepreneur, um, I obtained my private investigator license. Now, back then, before they changed the law, it, all you had to do was take the class and pass the test and, you know, apply for your license and pass the criminal background check, et cetera, and you got it. And what I did, and this will tell you how long ago it was, what I did was I got my license and I started Overton Investigations. And I went to advertise. Now, there was no podcast or anything like that back then uh we actually had the yellow pages the big phone books if you remember that so this is like in the very beginning of the cell phone days when they became prevalent and, and being used often i think my first cell phone i had back then was like the single nokia um phone that, i mean you couldn't even text and shit uh, there was none of that so but the yellow pages what i did was the all the big pi companies in um, basically South Louisiana, the I, I went in and bought the biggest ad for the Yellow Pages over to investigations, right, and gave the number, et cetera. So if you, you looked up private investigator in the, back then, the, the Internet really wasn't. I mean, it was coming on, but you couldn't Google everything like you could now. But So people looked up private investigators in the yellow pages and you saw the biggest ad and it was Woody Overton, right? Free consultation. They would call me. Uh, I beat the big guys, the big firms prices by like $25 an hour. I think I charged $50 an hour back then, which was a lot of money. And so I ended up getting a lot of business and, and I worked it on my days off. Uh, But the PI business didn't stop when I was on duty, right? So I had all cops that I would hire to work for me when they were on their days off. And one of them's name, I'll tell you a quick story, was David Johnson. He ended up going to the Border Patrol later on, a very dear friend of mine, but he was this massive, massive man, uh, like six foot five, six foot six, you know, uh, 275, something like that. And I had him on a job down in Bell Chase, Louisiana, in this million-dollar home. The wife thought that her husband was cheating in the home when she was at work, and she, and she made a very good living. Um, and she wanted cameras put in the home. So I sent David down there to do that uh, after I met with her and signed the contract and everything else. And, and we had the best equipment uh Back then, you had to use what they call a multiplexer. You could hook up to six different cameras on it at one time, but it had to be put in the attic, and the cameras had to be hard line run. There was no wireless stuff like there is now, and you had to put them in the vents. Where are you going to put them at? So I was on duty that day, uh, um, and my little Nokia phone rang, and I answered it, and it was David. And he said, bruh, he said, I'm down here at her house, and he said, um, I said, well, how's it going? He said, well, I'm in the attic, and I was uh, attempting to put in a 
camera in a vent above the bedroom, and he said, I stepped through the roof. And I'm like, you did what? He said, my foot went through the roof. I fell through the roof. I said, you've got to be shitting me. He said, no. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get sued. And how, you know, when the husband gets home, he's damn sure going to know he's got a big-ass hole in his roof. I said, but first, I'll ask him, was he okay? And he said, yeah, um, nothing was really was hurt but his pride, I guess. And then, you know, the, we had to come up with a story for the wife about she was in the attic trying to get Christmas decorations or something, and she fell through, right? So whatever. Long story short. That's what I did. And so even when I was in uniform patrol, I was managing all these cops and handling different cases. Well, one time I got a call from a guy who was uh, lived right outside of Hammond and on a dead end street in a nice neighborhood. And I went and met him and, and he told me, he said, look, I think my wife is cheating on me. He said, I want to hire you to find out. I said, okay, but you know, when do you think it's happening? Do we need to tell her? or I mean, you Give me some more information. He said, I believe she is cheating on me during the daytime in our own home. I said, okay. And um, he said, but I'm not sure. He said, but I just think she is. I said, all right. So I said, well, what we can do is I can put your home under surveillance. He said, well, it's a, it's a dead-end street. You can't park your street, you know. Uh, vehicle on the street or anything like that, you have to put somebody in the woods behind my house. Now there were this wasn't a large subdivision, y'all. It was it was hardwoods, but you know, right off the backyard. So uh, I told him I would, in my raid and everything. He signed the contract. First day, I put J- David Johnson and I dropped him off, and he went and hid in the woods. Um, where okay, let me describe the house for you. It's like a, a single story. Uh, pretty good size three bedroom ranch brick house and had if you're facing it from the street it had a, a double open but covered parking garage to the right and you know the front door and there was a side door but if you're facing it from the back from the woods where David went and hid there was back double French doors that led into the backyard first day I put him in the woods uh, and he calls me. Oh, of course, we had the uh, video cameras, and back then it was like the VHS cameras, and you know, pretty big, but top of technology for the time. Uh, um, they weren't as big as they were two years previous to that. But so I had him in the woods with the camera and his extra batteries, and he said, he said, Woody, right around uh, lunchtime, he said, I saw a, v- a truck pull up. And it parked right beside her car. I knew that she was at home. Uh, the husband had verified she was at home. And he said, pull up right beside her car. And the, this guy, white male, jet black hair, tall and skinny, he said he get, gets out of his truck. He said he didn't go to the carport door. He's, he went around to the back French door right in front of David. And he said, I got it all on camera. He said, the French doors open. And he had never seen the female. I had seen a picture of her. And he said the French door was open, and there's this female standing there in a negligee, like a um, satin-colored negligee. He said it was very revealing. And she gave him a kiss, and they went inside, shut the doors. And he said about an hour later, dude came out, 
she's behind him. She gave him a kiss again, and he left. So I said, all right, cool. I'm going to come get you and get the video, and I'll talk to the client tonight. So I did that. I called the client, and I saw saw the video. I said, look, you need to come to my office, and I need to show you something. And he came in, and this guy, y'all, I mean, basically you could tell who wore the pants in the family. I, I had never met her, but he was kind of passive, if you will, um, probably early 40s and a little heavy set. And um, I brought him in. I said, look, I got something to show you. I said, I don't want you to freak out. I said, but you thought your wife was cheating. I said, now, I can't prove physically that she was cheating, but under Louisiana law, the for you to prove adultery, you have to have at least one person, that's a licensed PI, see a subject enter into a residence or a hotel uh, room or whatever, and you have to see the other person in in the residence, and they, you know, they can shut the door or whatever, it doesn't matter, but they have to have a, have a reasonable amount of time and opportunity to have sex, okay? So, like, if you're surveilling a hotel room and Sue opens the door and Johnny goes in and they shut the door and they're in there for an hour um, and then Johnny leaves and, you know, you can suppose – uh, that's good enough under Louisiana law to to basically prove adultery, right? They have to have the reasonable amount of time and opportunity, meaning they can't go into a hotel room with 20 other people, although uh, I guess that could be an orgy, but they can't go into to a, a place of business or something and you just say, oh, well, they did it, right? Well, we had him, and I showed him the video, and he broke down, and he cried, and he's like, that bitch, that fucking bitch, and guess what, y'all? It was his boss, and evidently his boss. I mean, he he didn't tell me ahead of time, but he said, that motherfucker, when I showed him the video, that motherfucker, that's my fucking boss. I knew it. I knew it. He said he's been disappearing for long lunches, and and I I just had a feeling, and blah, 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 blah. He's going off, right? And rightfully so. I'd have been pissed, too, and and. I was like, he was like, but I want to know what's happening inside. I was like, well, fuck. The only way we can do that is if I go in and put in cameras. And he was like, I don't give a shit what it costs. And he had a pretty good job. He said, I don't give a shit what it costs. He said, I want cameras. I want my whole house wired with cameras. And I want to see what they're doing when they're alone like that. I said, okay. So I said, we got to have time and opportunity to get in the house and wired. I said, it takes several hours. You know, like I told you all about David falling through the roof. That lady's husband had, was gone to work or fishing or something. I don't remember, but he was gone. We, we knew he wasn't going to be back anytime soon. So I think she had like some kind of league she played in on Tuesday nights or whatever. And, and he told me, he said, she'd be gone for like four hours. So we waited until that time, and I had my help with me. And when she left, we hauled ass in. He was there. He gave us permission. We put the multiplexer in the attic, and I had four cameras. I put one directly over their bed. I put one um, in the closet. We actually drilled the hole, but we left the crack in the closet where it had a side view of the bed. And I put one in the living room vent 
um, but, but it, I faced it back towards the couch. So when you walk in, it's a big open living room type uh, kitchen area, and they had the big couch and the big screen TV was uh, back then that, that was rare, but big screen TV was directly in front of the couch, and there was a, a single seat to the right of the couch. But I put one in the vent, and I angled it back, and we could see it on the monitor. I angled it back where I had the entire view of the couch and just a little bit in front of the couch and a little bit behind it. And I put one uh, over the uh, that in the kitchen area facing that way also, facing back towards the living room, but covering those French doors, with, which we knew he used to go in and out of. So we did it and set it up and – like the the bad thing about that system was there was no remote watching it. You had to wait till the event happened. Then you had to get back in there again and pull your shit, right? You, you had to pull the tape, watch the tape, and, and if you had something, then you're good to go. If you didn't, you had to try again. So anyway, I think it was like two days later or whatever, I had, I had somebody, I don't remember if it was David or not, still watching it laying in the woods. And sure enough, noon came and the truck pulls back up. The tall, dark headed guy goes to the back door. She opens the door and this is all on videotape too. She opens the door and they go inside and shut the door. Well, I'm thinking they're going to the bedroom, right? And so I'm going to go to check the tape. I'm, I check the bedroom tapes first and they never showed up, never in the bedroom. Two cameras wasted. So we'll go to the door camera, and which kind of caught part of the living room. Anyway, get her on the camera in the negligee. She goes up. She opens the door. He comes in. They they embrace. They start making out. Uh, the, now, these cameras didn't have any sound, y'all. You, you couldn't hear what was going on, what was being said. Well, she leads him to the couch right underneath my motherfucking camera the the one that was in the living room had a perfect shot she sits him down she goes to the kitchen gets him something to drink they come back i don't know if it's alcoholic beverage or not i can't remember but then she's in a negligee and she starts dancing so i think she must have put some music on or maybe music was already playing i don't know she starts dancing Right in front of him. He's sitting down on the couch facing her. And at this point, her back is to the camera. The uh, She's dancing and, you know, basically stripping for him. And But it was you know, a very sexual dance. And then she starts to strip and take a negligee off. And then she slides all the way off. Oh, I forgot to tell you, they had two big German shepherds in the house. And I knew this because... When we put it in the cameras, the husband had to restrain them and shit like that. So he said, he was like, if they don't know you, they'll attack your ass. Well, guess what? They weren't attacking his boss because evidently they knew him. But anyway, she's stripping. She strips down, and you can see her backside um, bare. And then she takes his shirt off and, and takes his pants off. And then she kisses him her way down his body and spent some time on his chest. And then she went down literally downtown. Right. I'm like, Holy shit. This guy is going to die when he sees his video. And she spent some time downtown. Um, I don't know, several minutes and 
flapped on our hair back and forth, and you know you could you could see what was going on explicitly. I believe it like that. She's spending time downtown, and she's going to town downtown. Uh, uh, but one of the things I saw was the dogs. About, uh, the, remember I told you the camera was pointing at the couch, but you could see a little bit past the couch. And those German shepherds were just in the fucking background, running back and forth. And I don't know about the music. I'm assuming there was music because she was dancing before she went downtown. Now, she's downtown. He's naked. She's naked. Then she climbs up on top of him and inserts herself, reaches down and inserts. I'm sorry. She reaches down and inserts him into her vagina. And she starts riding him, right? I'm like, holy shit, this guy's going to die. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, if this should have been a porno production, y'all. I mean, it was like that. But just let your mind you let your imagination run, and it went for several minutes. I don't even know how long, maybe 10 minutes, Like, and she's riding cowboy, right? Can't get any better than that. Got her, right? Till she stops, stands up. He's still erect. She turns around, backs it up, sits down on him again, inserts him in, Side her again, and she starts riding. I don't know what you call that, but she's on his lap, and she's got her hands down on the couch, holding on to the edge of the couch, and she's riding it, right? Can't get any better than that, except for her face was pointed up directly at the camera. You couldn't buy this kind of image, and the look on her face was... Pure ecstasy, right? So and they went on, and he's, you know, I mean, she's bare-breasted and everything. He's squeezing. He's doing what couples do, okay? So, and she's putting it on him, right? And I know why he was going over there during lunch break. So I guess that's enough being graphic on that shit. But she she wrote him to completion, if you will, and then she got up and she exits the screen and she comes back with a towel. She cleans him up and everything. He gets dressed. She gets dressed. And she walks him to the back, double French doors again. And he leaves. Uh, uh, so what happened was the that I told the husband, I said, he was definitely there again today. You need to go up in the attic because she wasn't going to be gone or whatever. I said, you need to find a reason to go up an attic and give me the tape. I said, I it was, so it wasn't the big VHS tape. It was like the super eights, whatever it was. And I had an adapter that went to the VHS. He brought it to my office and I'm like, you want me to watch it first? And he was like, no, I want to see this motherfucker. I want to see it. I'm like, okay. And, and I put it in and you just, you know, he saw everything I just described to you, and he's crying, and he's mad, and he's just fit to be tied, and I'm divorcing that bitch, and I'm going to kill him. And I don't know, well, I submit to you, he wasn't going to kill anybody. Like I told you, he was a little on the feminine side. and he, But, he, I mean, I mean, he was rightfully so. He was very distraught. Uh, and he was like, oh, he did say about the dogs, because the dogs, I forgot to tell you that, they kept running around on the camera, even ran around on the side when she was facing him. They ran behind her, and, and one of them, like, sniffed at her ass, and she reached out and swatted it, <laughs> like, 
really? She swatted at the dog and the dog went away. But he saw it. He's like, I can't believe my goddamn dogs didn't attack him. And, and, and they were sniffing their shit and all that. And I mean, just going off right for a second. So he's like, fuck that. I'm getting an attorney. And, you know, I told him, I said, in Louisiana, the, the adultery only gets you a, a 30 day divorce. Normally it takes up to six months. Uh, you have to wait, file and wait a six month waiting period. And, and before you get your court date, the Louisiana adultery, if you can prove it, will get you a 30 day divorce. Really? That's the only benefit to it. And the, there's, you're not getting alimony and all that bullshit. Um, but you can prove instead of just filing for irreconcilable differences, whatever you say, this bitch committed adultery. I got the proof. I'm not at fault. Right. So he did it. And he told me, he said, uh, I like a week or so later, he said, we're going to have a court hearing in a meet Louisiana. And he said, I need you to come in and testify. And I talked to his attorney and he said, like, we're going to, you know, talk about how he hired you and what happened, et cetera. He said, but um, we're going to be prepared to play the tape in court and you describe exactly you know, what happened, et cetera. So I go to Amy Courthouse that morning and y'all, they, you know, my dad being a 48 year trial lawyer said more of his classmates got killed. Lawyers got killed leaving or entering the courtroom handling divorce cases than all the other cases put together in, in 48 years. Right. So it's a very emotional time. And I get that, but she knew by now that he had the tape and it was adultery and she knew that he had hired me, et cetera. So go in the uh, courthouse or outside the courthouse and met him and his attorney. We walk in together. She's waiting outside the courtroom with her attorney. And she's like, give me, I want to kill you guys, right? Whatever. I'm there to do a job. So go in the courtroom. They call the matter up. And the judge says, "You, Mr. So-and-so, you filing for adultery. Um, what proof do you have? And the world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. 
today. Au revoir. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The, the attorney says, Your Honor, I want to call Woody Overton stand. So they call me up, swear me in, and I gave my credentials and who I was and how he had hired me. Um on such such date that I had one person in the woods saw it and then saw the the white male entering that would be proven to be his boss and oh by, by the way y'all his boss evidently got divorced behind us also because the husband made a big stink about it rightfully so and so the and I told that after that time that he invited me into his home and paid me to put in the surveillance system now guess what not illegal because he gave permission. And so when the attorney goes to ask me, he says, well, Mr. Overton, what happened uh, when you reviewed the tape? I said, well, I reviewed the tape with your client and this is what I saw. And I talked about him coming in and him sitting down on the couch and uh, her giving them something to drink. And then, that, you know, basically she did a strip tease and starting to get into it, you know, the the vulgarity of it and trying not to say she's giving them a mean-ass blowjob or whatever. And and, and and I did say about the dog sniffing her ass. Uh, I didn't say ass. And, and, like, she is over there, and, and she is red as a beat. She was a white female. Red as a beat. I'm talking about, like, wanted to kill me, Okay. So the judge is listening to the lawyer question me. And um, when he got done questioning me, I told all the nastiness. He said, well, Mr. Overton or Detective Overton, he said, and you have all this on video. Is that correct? And he had the tape, y'all. The lawyer did. And I said, it's correct. And so he makes a production of having, he said, Your Honor, we'd like to play the tape at this time. Well, she went. But he had the back doors open. He had his assistant roll in this big-ass square TV with a VHS player on it, right? And they're rolling it up on a cart, rolling it in the courtroom. And the judge said, yeah, they're rolling it in. And they get up there, and they plug it in. And the lawyer gives me a tape, and I go to put it in. And she's leaning over her lawyer. She went from the color red to the color white. I guess it's one thing hearing about it. It was another thing is about to be played for the courtroom, all right? So I put the thing in. I get back on a hit play, get back on the stand, and her attorney stands up and says, Your Honor, uh, um, we we admit to anything that's on the video. And the judge said, what do you mean? And, and, and he said, Your Honor, we admit to it. We don't need to play the video. My client stipulates that, uh, that that's going to be a video of her having sex um, just like Detective Overton testified to, and then judge—I think the judge really wanted to see it, but the judge was like, "Wow!" I, and then his attorney was like, "Your Honor, this is—you know, 
crucial piece of evidence, and but basically the judge ends up ruling for him. So well, she stipulates to it, and you know, but then we don't have to show the video. And then her attorney said, "Your Honor, can can we get a fifteen minute recess?" And he says, "Fine." So. The I get off the stand and, and look, I ain't leaving the courtroom. I'm sitting in the back. There wasn't that many people in there anyway. It was a small courtroom. I'm sitting in the back. I'm waiting on this shit. Well, his attorney and her attorney go outside. Now she's still sitting in there and she keeps turning around, giving like I'm fucking one that made her fuck that dude, right? And uh, I did put it on tape, but it was her husband's request. And she wants to kill me. And but they come back in. I don't know what's going on. They come back in and the go back on the record, and the judge says, "You know, what's the deal?" And the his attorney says, "Your Honor, we're going to ask for a continuance at this time. I think my client and she can work it out." But he conferred with him and came back in, and then the judge went back on the record and said, "Your Honor, I think they're going to work something out here." And the judge said, are you sure? And he said, you know, this is straight up a uh, case of adultery. Detective Overton has already testified to it. And he they, uh, apparently they have a video because you, you know, her attorney stipulated to it, whatever his name was, stipulated to it. And he said, this is adultery. And, and I, you know, I can rule on this. He said, no, Your Honor, we think we can work it out. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't care. I'm, I'm getting paid. So he says, well, it, then – we're gonna. I'm gonna dismiss it for now. You're gonna have to refile everything. It's gonna cost you more court filing fees. And, and he leans over to my client and his client, and the guy's like shook his head, yeah. And he said, "Well, your honor, we just want to dismiss it." So the judge dismissed it. All right, and get up and dismiss it. Now she walks out of of the courtroom with her lawyer first. All right, and we're upstairs on the sex story. She walks out first. I'm not really paying attention to her other than she's trying to kill me with her eyes. And she walks out first. And I think that's the end of it. Um, I, I went up to him and I was like, what's the deal? And he said, well, we're, we're going to work it out. We're going to work it out. I said, what do you mean you're going to work it out, dude? I said, she's fucking your boss and you got her on camera and, and all that. He said, and Lori said, well, we can use it again if we want to. And I said, well, fuck it. That's on you. I said, I'll be sending you my last bill. I So I go to leave the courtroom. I, I leave the courtroom. I go down the steps, and this chick makes a beeline towards me. She leaves her attorney. That's like a lobby area downstairs. And she makes a beeline towards me and gets right in my face. And she says, you a sorry motherfucker. I hope you fucking beat your meat. And she's spitting in my face, y'all. She said, I hope you beat your fucking meat to that tape. Huh? You like what you saw? You want some of this shit? And I said, hey, I saw what you did with that nasty-ass fucking mouth of yours. Get the fuck out of my face before I knock you the fuck out and you go to jail. And her lawyer grabbed her by the arm and pulled her off. So I, I told her, I said, I saw what you did with that nasty-ass mouth, right? I think everything's good. Everything's over. Go back to doing what I do, hustling cases on the side, working as a police officer, and what have you. About two weeks go by, and he calls me, the client, the husband, if you will, called me, and he said, uh, Detective Overton, can I come meet with you? I said, yeah, I'll come to my office. So he came in, and he came in, and it was kind of like, 
downtrodden, if you will. And I, and he sits down and he said, he said, I got to ask you something. He said, do you have another copy of the tape? I said, absolutely not. And he said, well, he said, for real, man. He said, I know it's a sex tape and you're a man and, and you know, you probably have a copy of the tape. You're not telling me about Nelson, y'all. I didn't. Okay, this remember these old Super Eight tapes and and to me, I had to have a double VCR and two adapters and all that bullshit. I I didn't, I didn't have it, and and I told him I said, dude, if I tell you I don't have a fucking tape, I don't have the tape. I said, what's the deal? And he puts his head down. And he starts crying. And I said, what are you crying for? And he said, please tell me you have another copy of the tape. I said, I do not have a copy of the tape. I gave it to your lawyer. That's the original copy. That's your shit. I don't need to see your wife's naked shit anymore. I already saw it and, and, and what she did and your dogs and everything else. And he starts crying. So what, I mean, what's the deal? He said, man, we, I thought we were going to work it out. And, uh, she had her lawyer tell my lawyer in the hallway that she would do anything, anything to get me back. And that's what he told me in the courtroom. She said, but I had to call off the proceeding and, and not show the tape. And he said, and I believed her. I said, okay, what happened? He said, well, we went home and she cried a lot. And she was like, I, you know, I don't want to lose this life I had with you. I was wrong. And, you know, I'm so sorry. She said, I don't know how I went astray. She said, I would do anything. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, please tell me you didn't do what I think you did. And he said, he said, what, well, you know, I finally had the upper hand, Woody. And, and you know, I, I wanted it to work. I said, okay, so what happened? He said, well, I gave her a lot of shit. And he said, I was the man, and, and and I would fuss at her every day and um, whatever, and she was real demure to me finally, and, and she listened to me and everything, and and she swore to God every day how sorry she was, and she would do anything, anything to make it work. And so she, I said, so she stayed in the house with you? He said, yes. And he said, I made her sleep in an extra bedroom. Now, y'all, let me tell you this. It's an, Side note, but this is true. If you file for divorce, and it used to be back then, if you file for divorce in the state of Louisiana and you separate, you no longer domicile together, uh, but you get back, you know, let's say you go have lunch and you go to a hotel room and you screw one time, you have intercourse, then they automatically considered you uh, the papers that you filed for divorce null and void. And so he said, no, my, my attorney told me, don't have sex with her and uh, make her sleep in another room until I was comfortable and everything else. I said, so that's what you did? He said, yeah. He said, until I didn't. I said, oh, God. I said, what happened? And he said, what do you, do you think you could, you could catch her? Uh, uh, I mean, I said, no, no, dude. I said, what happened? You got to tell me what happened. He said, he said, Again, he said, if I hire you, you think you can catch her again? I said, dude, I probably couldn't catch that chick going anywhere, doing anything again. She knows me, and she, you know, she knows that you've already busted her once. I said, tell me what happened. He said, well, I made her sleep in 
in the spare bedroom for several days and I gave her you know, a lot ration of shit but you know what he said she was genuinely sorry and we opened a bottle of wine one evening when I got home from work and sat on the couch I'm thinking same couch that she sat on him on and did all the, the dirty deeds that you're not supposed to do with another man when you're married to another man right and he said, yeah, we sat down on the couch and one thing led to another and we had intercourse. I'm thinking, well, you're fucked. Now it's going to cost you all the money it costs you to hire me and your attorney. You're going to have to file again. You're going to have to try to bust her again. And the adultery is no, no more any good, right? And I'm just thinking all these different ways this cat is fucked. Uh, not in a good way. He got fucked, but not in a good way. But he didn't know. He said, I thought everything was fine. He said, we had sex. We slept in the bed together. And he said, the next couple of days, we were like teenagers. We had sex all over the house. And I'm wondering, I'm, I'm wondering if the dogs got another sniff check. But the he said, we had sex all over the house. And, and we were in love. And, and he said, and the weekend came. I said, what happened? He said, he said, I quit being so hard on her. I was thinking, stupid, dirty. And I was like, you quit being so hard on her probably is what leads up, uh, what I know is what coming next. And I said, what happened? He said, she was crying and, and we're in love again. And she's so sorry. And she loves me so much. But then she says it. I said, what did she say? She said, if... I really wanted it to work and we were going to stay married forever that I had to get the tape back from my lawyer on Monday morning. I had to get all my documents that I had filed back from the lawyer. I had to get everything and bring them home. And I'm thinking, no, 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 you didn't. You just tell me that you didn't do it. He said, Monday came out. We rode together to my lawyer's office. She sat in the car. I went and got my file, and we went home, and she said, let's go in the backyard. I'm thinking, no, 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 you didn't. And he, just, he said, took it in the backyard. It was a brown cardboard file box, had all my shit in it, and she took it all out, dumped it all over. She said, get the gas can for the lawnmower. He said, and I did it. I said, you pour gas on it. He said, yes, I did. He said, and I lit that bitch on fire. And she's, but she was saying, this is the thing I need you to do for us to be together forever. Burn it. But he said, hindsight's twenty twenty. She asked me numerous times, did you have a copy of the tape? Did anybody else have a copy of the tape? Did he have a copy of the tape? He said, my lawyer had it. And he said, I lit that bitch on fire and we stood there and she was hugged up on me. And as it reached the crescendo and started melting down, he said, you, I said, I'm looking at that tape and she's hugged up on me and it melted and the, all the papers are burning. And as it burned down, she let go of me and she said, you are the stupidest motherfucker in the world. She said, fuck you. I'm filing for divorce now irreconcilable differences and you won't ever get my ass for adultery. It was like, what? 
And I was like, oh, my God, dude. I was thinking, you're so fucking stupid. Why would you burn that shit? Why wouldn't you, as a husband, wouldn't you have a copy yourself, right? I mean, put that motherfucker in the safe deposit box. Do something. Uh, I mean, there was no other. He didn't give a copy of the tape to, I asked him, so you can get a copy of the tape to your boss's wife? And he said, no. He said, I didn't want anybody to see that shit. And so I said, you burn the shit up. And she told you she's divorcing you. And he said, yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking how stupid he is, how much money he wasted. And then he said it. He said, and you what worse, Woody? I said, what? He said, she's living in my bed, my bedroom. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, she filed for divorce, but it's a six-month divorce, and I can't kick her out of the house. And he said, I refuse to sleep in the bed with her. Um, he said, so I'm sleeping in the spare bedroom, and I've got to live with this bitch for six months until we go and get the divorce. And pretty stupid, right? So... I'm, you know, I, I was like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. He was like, there's got to be a way. I know she's still seeing him. I said, hey, I'm not dealing with that crazy motherfucker. And, and you know, there's no way, chance in hell. I said, I'm not, I could take your money and, you know, follow her or whatever. She's going to know she's being followed. It's a dead end street. I said, it's a waste of your time, your money. My time, my people, I, I mean, I, I could be unscrupulous and take $10,000 from you and, and say I'm not going to get anything, but it'd be a waste of it, right? And I'm, I'm not that guy. So anyway, this old story I was thinking about last night, I wanted to tell because I remember that bitch getting in my face. And I said, I saw what you did with that nasty-ass fucking mouth. <laughs> get out of my face. But – Anyway, I'm going to conclude this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And y'all, I submit to you that the crime is, if it, well, I'll tell you like this. If stupidity was a crime, this dude got life. So the moral story is, on the phones and everything else, and hey, if you get some shit, put it up in the cloud, all that good technological bullshit I don't know about, but don't let her or don't let someone say, oh, that's your only copy. Um, I'll get back together with you. Just burn it. Prove your love for me and burn it. How'd that work out for you? But that's the crime in old, 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 old cop story. I think I, I thought it was a funny story. One of them, I used to like to tell that one after a couple of beers about the bitch getting in my face and the dog sniffing ass and, and all that stuff. But um, real life, real crime announcements. Again, I want to thank each and every one of you for liking and listening and sharing. Uh, you you absolutely make this show go. If you're so inclined, please go leave me a review uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, check out our Real Life Real Crime community app. It's been redesigned, and I go there first every day to check messages and answer people, and I answer everybody. Uh, before I go to Facebook, why? Because I get put in Facebook jail almost weekly. I, all the different platforms I have on Facebook, I think that um, when I start responding or sharing t to all my different pages and groups, they automatically shut me down for whatever reason. 
And I'm the only one that monitors or censorships the Real Life Real Crime Community app. Plus, it has all the updates on stories. It has games and puzzles, whatever. It, it, um, so go check it out and download it. It's free. And, and um, thank you again, Patreon Convicts, for your support. Hey, if you can't be a Patreon or Convict, I totally get it. Uh, the I appreciate you listening anyway and telling your mother's uncle's plumber's neighbor about us, right? That's we continue to grow and the numbers don't lie. Um, in the next month and a half, we have the biggest of the biggest news coming. And I will, when I can tell you about it, you, you're certainly going to know about it. Okay. But it's huge. And so stay tuned for that. And, um, Real Life Real Crime Daily. I want to thank everybody for listening to that. That's my show that I do three days a week with Jim Chapman and Mike Agravino. The numbers are through the roof, y'all. It's it's beautiful. Uh, I appreciate y'all liking and listening uh, um, to that show. It's awesome. And also, Bloody Angola. If you haven't heard it yet, go Google Bloody or Look up Bloody Angola anywhere. You can download a podcast. It's a podcast that Jim Chapman and I do, not only about um, Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola, but we do some side shows, companion shows, if you will, about different prisons and stuff like that. A lot of history, a lot of uh, some hard, really hard stories, you know, murders, et cetera. But there's also um, some really uplifting stories that, that it's the one thing about Bloody Angola is you never know what you're going to get, but it's all fact-based. Jim Chapman uh, um, does a phenomenal job on the research and everything that goes with that. Real Life, Real Crime Daily, This it's just fire. I really enjoyed doing that show. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. And both of these shows are totally different than this one, right? Real Life, Real Crime. Now, Real Life, Real Crime, I'm going back to the old-school Stories like this, and and I know this one was a true cop story, but I was a cop when it happened. Um, but I want to thank everybody again. Again, if you want to advertise, you got to get in in the next month and a half before this other stuff comes down the line. Message Cindy at cyndi at realliferealcrime dot com and let us show you how the power of the podcast works. All right, so. Lopa, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. Now at the Crew Bash, y'all, we raised over eleven thousand something dollars uh, for them. I want to thank everybody who donated and everybody who bought tickets and all that. But one thing I took away from Lopa um, at the Crew Bash was Miss Missy Jewel, uh, whose son Reese was an organ donor and he got killed, and and his organs were used. Uh, one of his recipients was in the crowd the night we did all the drawings and everything. And he was a shy young man and didn't want to come up on stage. But uh, Shane McBride with McLaurin White Televentures is um, having them all up in, I think, October to hunt in Wisconsin. I'm going to go up for that. But one thing that Misty said on the stage that I've always failed to mention or I've never mentioned on the podcast, she said, Lopa doesn't just save lives. Lopa saves families. And she told about her experience and how Lopa has always been there for her and helped her get through all the hard times, you know, with the counseling or whatever, or being 
a shoulder to cry on one. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a lot more. It, it, certainly, it's the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. It's it's a worthy cause. Uh, Lopez saves lives. If you're an, if you want to be an organ donor and you're not from Louisiana, you're not from Louisiana, and you are from ten buck two, you can go to Lopa dot org fill out the information and become a hero give the gift of life right uh, the very very slim chance they'll ever harvest your organs or whatever the proper term is and um but think about the power of the crew bash when we we're on the stage and missy is on the stage and her son who is deceased reese one of his organs was keeping another young man that was in the crowd who didn't want to come on stage, and I get that, alive. And I've got a, tons of stories like that. And I want to thank Lori Steele, as, as always, for coming up um, and helping out with the auction and all that, or, or drawing for the raffle winners and all that good stuff. But it's very important. Lopez saves lives. Um it's our jam, always has been, and will continue to be. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will want one for you. Do you understand your rights? When the wolf is at your door, you're running so that's for sure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.